You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Welcome back to episode 85 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ross. Ross, before we get to you today, we got to welcome the two new guys to the podcast, Reese Layton and Cameron Choate. Boys, how are you guys today? Doing well, guys. How are you? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm excited to have you guys on. Uh, Reese, we've had you on as a guest before, so hopefully sure. people somewhat remember you. Uh, but if they don't, give us a little brief intro about yourself, please, and thank you. Yeah, uh, 26 uh, here in Dallas with uh, Chode and Ast. Um, been repping for about six six years. Uh, Chody, nobody knows who you are. Please enrich us. Who are you? No, nobody special. Um, I'm 26. I live in the Dallas area. Uh, got into refing this past year. I've been coaching for the past six years after I got out of college, played locally and around um, New Hampshire and Chicago as well. I refed when I was a little kid, but those house games, those are, uh, those, those are in the past. And let's just act like that never happened. <laughs> but uh, other than that, just um, enjoying the start of this and meet new people and uh, it's kind of fun getting to the rough side of things and didn't know how much camaraderie and all that was in it. And now I'm really enjoying that side of things. So, uh, I'm glad to be here and hopefully I can put my rookie thoughts into this sometimes. Honestly, I am excited to hear what, what comes out of your mouth because for anybody that doesn't know Cameron Choate, he will say absolutely anything. He's going to be fun to bring on, but Ross, last but not least, how are you? Um, I'm recovering from pneumonia. Lovely. Uh, I'm, you know, pushing 35 and I can't skate as many games as I used to. That's for sure. So actually I ended up skating so much last week that I skated myself sick. Um, so recovering from that. And uh, I, I, obviously I'm riding high from the huge, huge Super Bowl win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady getting his seventh Super Bowl. The Buccaneers being the first ever team to host and win a Super Bowl in their own building. The parade was today. People got rowdy. Uh, last week, uh, last night or yesterday during the day, when they announced the parade plans, the mayor of Tampa, who likes to be the fun police, um, they said that they were going to allow people to join the boat parade like they did for the bolts. That's not what happened. <laughs> And also, uh, I saw Brady threw Gronk the Lombardi Trophy, like from boat to boat. Right? Yeah. It, I you, love guys it. See, you guys see the video of Brady getting escorted away by his friend because he was too drunk to hardly walk. I <laughs> love it. Well, the Lightning did set the bar pretty high. Um, I'll be honest, and, and it was really funny too. And after the game, the Lightning tweeted. Hey, Buccaneers, congratulations. We recommend boat parades. <laughs> so the lightning set the bar pretty high for the Bucs. Um, I really wanted them to wait for the weekend to do the parade. We have this thing every year called Gasparilla, which uh, if you're familiar with, if anyone's ever heard of it, it's this, this weekend. It's usually the last weekend in January. Um, we have a pirate ship here, the Jose Gasparilla. And it's been a tradition where the pirates invade 
the city of Tampa yearly. And I was kind of hoping they would, you know, do, uh, do a Gasparilla type thing with it uh, and go crazy. But regardless, the parade was today. They had a good time. We're riding high here in Tampa. I think the lightning are going to go back to back. So we'll uh, off to you there. Hey, whatever. We're nine, one and one <laughs> playing in the easiest division in all of hockey. All you need, what is what Tampa now or not Tampa, the Rays to win now. Well, either, I mean, the Rays won the American league pennant. Yeah, but that's not the which, world series. It's not the world series, but when you have a payroll that's less than three players total on the Yankees, um, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Uh, obviously, let's get right into hockey. We have a bunch of stuff to go over this week. Well, what do you we need? Get into hockey, I'm going to jump on your toes real quick. I'm wearing I'm rocking some merch today. I know, and you look. I got good. my team stripes hoodie. Ah, logos on. There we go. Team stripes hat. I ordered a couple whistles, so I'm uh, I'm finally caught up with uh, with Bren- Brendan in rocking some team stripe stuff. The new guys will get you guys on board, by the way, guys, welcome to the podcast. It's nice nice to have you on. So we're, uh, we've graduated from a two man system to a four man system. (laughs) Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah. Um, so obviously I know we talked about it last week. I was going to get a bunch of clips together um and post them all over the social medias which i did i know you guys have seen them so we're going to just kind of break them down one by one uh in this week's episode just to kind of i guess get our opinions on it so let's start with the first one i saw was dylan's knee on caco caco Dylan received a two-minute penalty for kneeing, as well as Kako got called for embellishment. I'll start us off right here and right now and saying that embellishment call was not a good call. No way. You, wait, uh, did you uh, like it or you don't like it? Oh no, I hated that. Okay. How do you not? How do you? How are you not hurt from that? Yeah, the only, the only weird play or way it looked weird was generally when you get hit knee to knee you kind of helicopter out of it Kako did like a half jump and dove out of it but it wasn't a dive on his fault I think it was a Dylan knee all the way through even Dylan was a little bit surprised about the penalty uh Ross Cameron you got any thoughts on that one I think I think it's pretty obvious I mean now we're watching it in slow-mo and we're watching it over and over and over and not watching it live so there's an argument there, right? But I think it's pretty obvious. It's knee on knee. And you can see he tries to avoid it just a little bit. But anybody's going to try to avoid a knee on knee because those are miserably painful. So you can't – you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, again, we're talking about watching it through slow-mo and not live like the refs did. Correct. Uh, was, the only surprising part – minor assessed? Say that one more time. Was there a kneeing minor assessed? Yeah, so Dylan got assessed a minor. Uh, Wes okay. McCauley's arm went straight up for the minor. He called the knee, or I think he called trip, but, I mean, the same yeah. thing. And then Kako's standing over by his bench, and all of a sudden he just starts skating across the ice. I don't know who um, called I, the I knee. I don't know how, like, I'm watch, I'm looking at the clip now. Um, I don't know how we're calling an embellishment there. Yeah, I, I, I truly know. don't. I mean, maybe from an angle that one of the guys was at, whether it be Wes or the other referee, 
they felt there could there was some embellishment. I don't know, but that's tough. I, I don't I don't see an embellishment there. But again, we're watching from a low angle um, from a replay. So it's just one of those. That's, that's a tough one. I think if you watch the video at the very beginning, Wes calls the trip. So it must be the back referee uh, that called the embellishment there. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I Yeah, because Wes definitely called the trip. I have no clue who called the embellishment or, or where. Uh, but, I mean, that's one of those ones where – we got to get together and talk about it, I think. And we don't call that embellishment and talk about it. And that's the thing. There was no camera angle that showed they did. Okay. So it was, I have a feeling in that situation, they probably did. And maybe one of the guys was just completely adamant about calling the embellishment. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's very potential on that. Moving on though. We got Wayne Simmons hitting. It's Quinn Hughes in. Vancouver, if I can correct it, to the yep, Quinn Hughes. I'm watching it now. All right, so for me, that's a hit that we're not making. Correct. Uh, I think in pro hockey, the so it's a little bit different in professional hockey compared to uh, college and youth. In college and youth hockey, the onus is on the, the player delivering the hit to avoid any of that. Now, when you get to the pro level, there is a little bit taken into account. Did the guy turn his back on purpose? Um, so a little bit of the responsibility does go on to the player getting hit. In this case, I feel like the Canucks player did put himself in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. But either way, if you're Wayne Simmons there, you can't make that hit. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, Hughes put himself in a horrible spot. He, he knew Simmons was coming turned and i mean yeah simmons just finished his check in national yeah. hockey league level no penalty i have no issue yeah, with that so i comment i commented particularly on that video i said in pro hockey nothing correct um however i will add to my comment there when you hit a guy like that you got to be answered ready to answer the bell which he did him and ben him and ben had a scrap yeah so you hit a guy like that you might not be getting the minor because the guy did set himself up for it, but you got to be ready for what's coming to you. Yeah. I definitely think youth hockey, youth or college youth two ten five game college minor, maybe five DQ five, Mm -hmm. depending on the outcome. Yeah. I'll say, I don't think I like the, I don't think there's a call there because if you watch it, when he initiates and goes towards that hit and makes that commitment to hitting Hughes, Hughes' shoulders basically parallel. I mean, they're yeah, right on Hughes, each other. And Hughes it, looks over his left shoulder and sees yeah. him coming. So that's I, I I don't mind the no call there. And yes, that was a fight. If there's been a, it fight. was a good scrap. Yeah. Props to Jordy there though too. He's not. Um, I wouldn't say I would say he's the least tough of the two. And and he he held he held his own against one of the tougher in the league. But and just to again reiterate, in youth hockey or minor hockey, whatever we are calling a penalty there. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. So that's only no penalty in professional hockey in youth or college or junior. That's a penalty. No doubt. I agree there. 1000% moving on. We're going to talk about the other Ben brother, the tougher of the two, apparently Uh, Jamie Ben jumps into Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl's backs turn doesn't have the puck NHL. I, I mean, look, interference, at least for what we're doing, 
I'm calling a charge just due to the fact that he left his feet before he made the hit. Uh, you could even tickle a five game if the kid's hurt, but I think two ch- two ten charge at absolute minimum there. Um, yeah. So for so this could be one of those ones like in USA hockey. Obviously, an open ice hit from behind is still a two and a ten. He doesn't have the puck there. If nothing really happens, you could justify a rough because there's no puck. Like maybe in a in a U, uh, competitive U eighteen or U sixteen game, like you might go with a rough there instead of going two ten. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like going two ten for charging, no issues with it. Correct. You could um, even go interference if you didn't want to put the ten on. Um, I wouldn't do interference on the USA side. They want those called a rough. Fair, because there was no intent in, to play the puck in junior or college. You could call that an interference because keep in mind you have the major option for interference. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the youth book, there's no option for a major for interference. However, there is an option for a minor rough, a double minor rough in the case of obviously, you know, what a scuffle. But there's also still a standalone major for roughing. So if we have the option of a two or a standalone major there. I would go with the rough instead of the interference guys. Does that make sense to you? Or am I just talking outside of my mouth? No, I, I like it just because it gives you more. Cause yeah, you can sit there and especially in a, in an 18 U triple a game, you can go to a coach and be like, Hey, I'm going to go double minor rough here. No, you can't use the double minor on that. There has <sighs> to be an altercation to use the double minor. So you either go single minor rough or standalone, or five. standalone major. I mean, I'm fine with a standalone major. In that case, like if his head whips back, yeah, 100% standalone major. Now, if he just kind of drives through and leaves his feet and he goes to the ice, but like the guy gets up right away and whatever, you can go rough or you can go two and 10 charge with that open, open ice hit. Yeah. I, I, I think in a US game, in a USA game, like youth game, I would want a little bit something more than a two there just because he gets him kind of in the numbers. He has zero intent to play the puck. He jumps before he hits the guy. I mean, standalone five, sure. Two ten charge, even better. It only hurts the team for two minutes, hurts the kid for whatever, 12, hopefully. But, I'm going, going two ten charge there. That one's pretty easy. He clearly takes two steps and leaves his feet. I mean, that's – yeah, his, his, his stick's in the air. Like, he's not going to play hockey. He's going to make a hit. whatsoever. So, USA Hockey, for sure, 210. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, I don't yeah, think a coach can, is going to argue either. Yes. No. I mean, you you can definitely go there with the 2 and 10. And it, you could also get creative and go the standalone major if you want to. But why punish the team for five minutes? Punish them for two. Punish him for two, get the 10 I, for Ken. I think you wait to call the major if he's seriously hurt. That's how my opinion is. Well, if he's hurt, we're going five game. 210, 210 for charge is probably the best call there. Yeah, and then five game if he's hurt. But Stahl got right back up because he's a trooper. I mean, it's Stahl. The next clip, though, I want to talk about is a tough one because it is Fabry tripping. I believe it's, uh, it's not Marshawn, but it's a Bruins player. The... Call on the ice was a trip. It's a game of angles, and he's now looking through three guys in order to make that that call. 
Um, I know we've all done it as officials where we are looking through bodies and like, oh, guy fell down. There was potentially a stick in the lane, and now the other team's skating away with the puck. We infer that he got tripped. Just wasn't the case here. Yeah, I, th- I mean, if you – I think he sees that initial contact there with the stick kind of low and that's where he calls a trip. And I guess you can, I can see from that angle why he would call that, but yeah, from the other angle, it's all, again, like you said, it's a game of angles. And from that angle, I can definitely see where he saw it was a trip. This is one where I think in the four man system, especially as the low guy there, look up to see what your partner's thinking potentially um, because the high guy, yeah, he's across the ice, but the high guy is only looking through a defenseman at most um i would say in this situation with that many guys between himself and that play low referee's got no business putting his arm up i agree That's i mean 100 a call that the back referee needs to make because he's guessing and you can see it in his face like he's trying to look around he's guessing there he's not making a call that He's 100% that he saw. And unfortunately, we can't guess. So he's guessing. Um, I, I think that's one of those where you look at your partner or if your partner who's the back guy doesn't put his arm up, don't put your arm up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, that's kind of one of those rather safe than sorry calls. I, I don't want to see a guy call a penalty looking through three guys. And just to uh, reiterate, everyone that's listening, um, if you go on our Instagram, that's the easiest way to see these clips. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all three of them have it, plus some more that I haven't or I didn't post just because I couldn't find the video of more so than anything. The next clip is from last night that I want to talk about, and it was Jamie Ben yet again showing up on the highlight reel gives a shove to the Carolina or not Carolina Chicago goaltender puck goes in the back of that goal was waved off goaltender interference. What are your thoughts? hundred percent agree. No goal. The he shoved it and that's the reason the puck bounced out. That's the only reason that the, I don't know who's over there, you know, that he's able to get the puck. No way. That's a goal. Ah, yeah, that's no goal. Okay. All that no goal on the ice. No way you can call that a goal. The only thing, and and I will I will say, it. Do I think it should have been called a goal? No, but at the same time, I think Chicago's goaltender had enough time to reset. Not at all, because he was able to push back off with his right skate to get back over to the left. In that, so in that situation, I would look at this that that as the continuation of the same play, because it's not like he's able to get up and reset. It comes across, it's a Chicago guy, comes back over. He's his job, he's unable to do his job there. Like Jamie Ben completely prevented him from doing his job. Therefore, no goal. Yeah, Did they I, give a minor penalty for goalie interference there? No. No. Okay. Just disallow the goal. Don't I do not on a play like that, too. Let's say they don't score you very easily could give the minor there for goalie interference. For sure. Before it even gets to that point. Because that's one of those, like, obviously, like, we, we, we'll we tell goalies, hey, if the guy prevents you from doing your job, no penalty, no goal, mm-hmm. no big deal. Now, obviously, it's a little different in the USA because we do have the crease rule, whatever. But, like, in this situation, he cross-checked the goalie to the ice. 
like forget no penalty, no goal. Like we maybe should even have a goal interference there. I'm fine without calling the penalty just because you're taking away a goal at this point. Well, uh, yeah. We're not going to double, double up on them. Yeah. But it's just one of those. Cause it was quick, quick, you know, it came back to him went in the net, but let's say that puck goes in the corner after he cross checks the goalie like that. Easy. Yeah. You could easily argue a, a goaltender a interference. Goalie. Uh, the, we have two more that I want to run over. This was also in the Dallas game. Uh, Jason Dickinson went into the corner with a Chicago player, elbowed the kid straight into the head. Unfortunately, neither ref had a great angle at it. Um, Dickinson, it looked like a really good hit. Just, we have the reverse angle and you can see elbow straight to the head. Um, I think on the board, right? No, there was no penalty. Oh, it says call on the ice is boarding. Oh, the uh, yeah, you said my minor, minor. Oh, oh, there was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There was. So, yeah, there was a board. My bad. I'm okay with that minor. Something like that, where the I'm looking at the back referee, he's on that side, low referees on the opposite side. You're not going to see the elbow to the head. No, but you know who is, regardless of whether it's a boarding or not, it's still appropriate. I mean, his hand, look at his hand right in his face. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I said 210 head if contact. If there's anything more than that minor board there, supplemental discipline's going to get them. For sure. USA Hockey, uh, I agree, Asti, could definitely do 210 there. Yeah, to either 210 head contact. If the kid's actually hurt, you could even – I mean, you don't even well, – You go five games. You board in that situation, though. True. Um, but if – I mean, if we see the elbow, I think we want to call the elbow uh, yeah, or right. head contact rather than a board. But boarding, boarding to me is a-okay there as well. I guess I don't know how to read my own comments. Brendan, in Canada, are those still just two standalone minors? Uh, in the Hockey Canada rule book? Yeah. From my uh, – for what? Like elbow? Yeah, like, like a head contact or a boarding or – So if I remember correctly, head contact is either automatic – uh double minor at minimum okay i don't know i i really i've never skated there so i don't let me find oh, a okay. rule book we'll get we'll get a, a canadian on to, to ask them the question yeah because i have i have no clue if you're a canadian official canadian. listening to this podcast comment below with what the penalties for charging boarding head contact and checking from behind are please because we don't know um, the other one that I wanted to talk about was Zaisef hit against the Oilers last night. I really liked a no call there just because the Oiler player saw Zaitsev coming down, uh, mm. turned at the last second, and Zaitsev did everything in his power to not hit him. Yeah. So that's where we get into the whole pro hockey. The onus is on the player receiving the hit and the player giving the hit. So it's 50-50 between the two of them. 100% not a penalty. I, yeah. Different story. Youth hockey, I go 210 for check the behind right away. Honestly, you can justify a five game there. He does go ahead first. Yeah. Correct. A 210, five like, game. You you can easily get away with going over there. Hey, coach, his head, went, his head hit the boards first. I have no choice. It says it in the rule book. Done. Youth, uh, pro hockey, not a penalty. Uh, what about juniors? What do you think there? Uh, USA Juniors, double minor EJ, uh, NCAA rule book, 
five game or five DQ because you went head first in the boards. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, definitely at least a two ten down, down here for that, but up in the national hockey league, he did, he honestly did everything he could to avoid the contact. And unfortunately things happen. Hockey's a fast sport, but that is all I have for uh, the clips, at least for this week. Moving on though, we had a major blunder with Toronto of all places, the war room messing up an offside review against or well, in, in the Columbus game. I guess it's not really that they messed up. Um, they did not have all of the angles available to them before the call was made. And after they kind of rushed it, I guess. Okay. So after the call was made, they realized in the intermission, oh shit, we messed up. So all they did, well, they rescinded 45 seconds, the remaining 45 seconds on the minor penalty for the delay of game. And said, "Sorry, Torts, we messed up." And and they went on with it. Like there's there's nothing you can do there, especially once the puck is dropped. Yeah, I mean that is to me insane that that they didn't have all the angles. It sucks. But here's my thing, and I think if you don't have all the angles or or you're missing one or or whatever it is, I think that they should just say, "Hey, we unfortunately can't do the review." We're sticking with it. Um, well, they stick. They stuck with the call on the ice. Correct, but we're not going to charge you for the review. We're not going to give you the minor penalty for a oh. false review because you know what? We don't have all the angles. I could, I could see that. Because now, now you're saying like, if if I'm in Torch's shoes, there, I call that because like, hey, it's offside. They don't have the right angle, and they say, hey, we don't have that angle. From our angles, it's no goal. Well, it's like, well, there's an angle in this building that shows it as good. Like, yeah, yeah it, to me, you got to have all the angles in order to call it correctly. Well, I guess I, I get the best example I or best thing I can kind of relate it to would be um, sometimes in, uh, well, last year was the first year that the Coast had video review or two years ago. And every once in a while, we'd get a horn and get called over. Hey, the video replay system's down. We're trying to fix it. If we would, if we have a goal during that time, like we don't have a look at it, so it's which one is of those fine. If the replay system is down, or they don't have access to all the angles, we shouldn't charge the team. I and 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 I think that's my point here. Don't charge the team yeah. for the. Um... Well, I, I think you and don't penalize them happen. Say that one more time. I think this is the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, one, well, well, I mean, I 1 billion percent. I guarantee you there will be an update to the NHL situation <laughs> manual saying if we don't have all the angles, either a, we have to wait or B say, Hey, we don't have all the camera angles. Something's messed up. We're not going to charge you for your timeout. We're just going to go with the call on the ice and we're going to drop the puck. Yeah. Cause I mean, Columbus ended up killing a little bit of the power play and I think they got what 45 seconds off of it. Now what really would have been messed up is if Toronto scored on the power play. That would have been horrible. That being the deciding goal. It was, I don't think it was a deciding goal, but yeah, they, they took away 40 seconds. And if they score in that first minute and 20 seconds or whatever, right. That would be bad. 
that would be like your- at that point. What do you do? Do you rescind the power play goal too? I well, if you're not rescinding the offsides goal, I don't think you can rescind the power play goal after. Yeah, because the, yeah, they're yeah, that's weird. I wonder how that went down in the stat books too, because I mean, in theory, it's not a full power play. So do they get credit for a penalty kill? I mean, I no that's well above my head, but who knows? As well, talking about Columbus, I just wanted to mention Patrick Line was benched. Uh, it came out early that it was for his play, and then Torts came out and said, no, there was a disagreement with an assistant coach. But I did get a minor chuckle about Line getting benched already in Columbus. Um, there's a common denominator here, and it's not Dubois, and it's not Patrick Line. Oh, so you think it's Torts? We had Torts here. He won us the Stanley Cup in 2004. But there comes to a point with him where he's got to go. And I'm not a blame the coach kind of guy as far as lack of performance for a team. But some guys have a shelf life. I I agree 1,000%. John Tortorella has a shelf life. So – so the argument, I mean, I, I do agree a little bit there. The argument there is two games in, he had issues in Winnipeg and now issues here. Is, there, is it a mixture of both? Or I agree with that Torts probably does have a shelf well, life. Is it a mixture the of Winnipeg both? Issues, the Winnipeg issues with line A were more with Blake Wheeler and a couple other guys. Yeah, that was locker room. There was locker room stuff. They didn't get along. They didn't like him for whatever reason. Who knows? We're not in the room, and maybe someday we'll hear about it on Chicklets. But as far as the benching of a you know all-star caliber hockey player, you, Dubois and now Line A, there's I, I just I don't knowing Torts and knowing how he was here. I mean, he'd bench Marty Saint Louis, he'd bench Vinny LeCavier. Yeah, he doesn't uh, care. He don't care. No, which that's fine. Because, you know, that kind of falls under the way Belichick does things in New England, where I don't care if you're Tom Brady or a guy that I just signed off the practice squad last week, I'm going to treat you the same way. Mm -hmm. And yes, that works. Everyone should get treated the same. But at the same time, like, you got to know who your horses are. So it's just, I don't know. I think I think Torts time in Columbus could be ending sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one in my books. I do agree that he has a shelf life. To me, he reminds me a lot of uh, Daryl Sutter, who took the Flames to the Cup in 04 and then, you know, ran his course in Calgary, goes to L.A., rebuilds an L.A. team, gives him a not a dynasty, but, you know, I think it was like two cups two in like four three. years. Two and three years, I think. Yeah, like he great coach, but then he ran his course in L.A. And now they moved on. Torts, same thing with Tampa. I really like John Tortorella as a coach. I I think he just has to have a certain type of player on his team to understand his coaching style, and Patrick Laine is not his guy. Or he needs to walk into a situation where, let's say, for example, like the team here, Coop can't get it done, can't get him over the top. You bring in a Tortorella for a short term, he's going to motivate these guys and they're going to run through a wall for him Mm -hmm. three years from now. They're going to be like, dude, shut up. Yeah. I think uh, Tortorella would fit great in Calgary. 
for something like that. Get everybody, get get them their cup in the next two, three years, and then leave. Yeah. But um, I had another clip to talk about. I don't know if you guys watched the NBC game last night, Lightning and uh, Lightning and Predators. We had an offside review. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this year they changed the rule where the guy's foot can be in the air. After you know, so on the ice they called it a good goal. Um, the offside play was onside, but the uh, the review showed the guy's foot in the air, but he was indeed offside in the fact that he was inside the blue line. How do you guys feel that this new rule change is uh, is going so far? I haven't noticed the difference until it comes down to video review. I don't think. And, and I, and I kind of think that's where this rule was intended for. I think guys, you know, sure, they're picking up their legs now a little bit maybe, but I don't think the players are picking up that much of a advantage before. Well, they're not. So I, I don't see players changing too much this first year. And the argument would be I think it was Dallas playing Carolina when uh, that one player was trying to stay onside and basically did a splits, and I'd, I'd ruin my whole body if I did that. But yeah. um, that, so there's an argument there. Instead of just kind of cutting back and lifting his foot up over, I think it's too new of a role to see a full-on change right now. I'm yeah. not a huge – I think it just makes it the game a little bit easier. Um, yeah. I like well, the foot on the ice, but I guess you can make the argument, and I understand why they changed the rule is because uh, millimeter off the ice, how do you tell that on a video, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, keep in mind, the rule was put in place because I think it was Nathan McKinnon scored a goal when he was like 15 feet off sides. Yeah. Well, it was back with Stasny originally that was like it's 30 like, offside to get video. Oh, it, it was Stasny. No, it wasn't McKinnon. Yeah, because like, he went on. It was on, in Colorado. I know that much. Yeah. It's like the Kreider offsides when he's like at the yeah. bottom of the circles. And so, they, like, we wanted to get rid of those, but then they opened Pandora's box because now we're like, oh, he's as much offside. Yeah. <coughs> it's, I mean, I, I, I don't think we're going to notice that big of a difference until. Well, no, I think we're going to end up seeing less offside reviews. I agree because teams are going to be like, oh, he skates in the air. We're fine. Yeah. Which perfect for us, speeds up the game, easier as a linesman. I love it. Uh, two last things that we wanted to bring up. Miko Koivu retiring out of the blue in Columbus uh, came out earlier this week. Koivu played for the wild for, oh man, forever. Well, no, he retired from Minnesota, didn't he? No, no he was they, Columbus this year. They, they didn't resign him this year and he went to Columbus. So now here's the other question is, is that a coach related issue? I'm going to be bringing a controversy situation. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he got, if he went there and was like, fuck this. I think it's he went there to win, realized Columbus isn't that good of a team to win, or they're not in a position to win now, per se, and then was like, yeah, I'm kind of done putting up with this. I think when you sign there, you know – I mean, they're they're a good team, but I think you sign there knowing they're not going to be a team that wins the Cup in the next two yeah. Um Maybe he uh, gets there I in Ohio would... and he's like, maybe I don't want to live here. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the locker room thing. The Tortorella? Hey, you know what? I thought I wanted to do this, but now I'm stuck here, and the only way out is to retire. Yeah, I mean, good career on him though. Kind of like Drew McGinley though, never won a cup, but great career. Well, you know, he just he was a plug. He was a he was a hardworking player. Yeah, like, he worked his tail off every night, every shift. I enjoyed watching him play. He was not as good as his older brother, but good hockey player regardless. He had an older brother. 
Taku. Holy smokes. I didn't know that. Yeah, Saku Koivu is his older brother. Holy smokes. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. One last thing, Johnny Hockey's quote on spitting chicklets. Cam, I'll let you take this one away. Oh, wow, I'm going to have to read something? This you, is- you will. Hopefully you can, hopefully you can read. Be like ad reads for biz. <laughs> um, so after uh, – I assume most people saw this. After the end of the game between Toronto and Columbus – um, Muzzin shot the puck at Kachuk while he was on the ground. Kachuk did his normal thing, which I probably would have done the same. I think he went after Muzzin. Um, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Ham and Cheese, whatever they call him nowadays, uh, he went on spitting chiclets this week and uh, they asked him about it. He said, "Quote: We saw on we saw on Sports Center. You could see all the all five of us were skating off to the go to the bench. None of us saw. We felt bad, but we played Toronto soon." So I'm sure he'll get him back, and I think they play him February 22nd. So correct. Bringing that up, what are we going to expect? Kind of a rivalry like Edmonton and Calgary, or is it just going to be a one-time thing? Him and Muzzin fight. It's over with. We get it over with. It's done. My guess, him and him and Muzzin fight early, and either Kachuk's going to continue to kill him for the next 60 minutes, or it's done. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean, we we know I'm, Kachuk's gonna Kachuk's gonna do something with uh, um, uh, a doggo. We so. we all know Kachuk's gonna have something to respond, and Muzzin knows he's gonna have to respond. Yeah, there's gonna have to be something done. Um, I, I I would assume they fight, but I don't see. And this is why I'm one of the few I love Kachuk because he's a rat. Um, I'm a rat fan, uh, especially as a linesman. I love rats because uh, it gives me a little bit more fun. But. Um, I think they do fight, but I think he still is on his ass the whole entire game, just chirping, tapping on the back of the legs, face-offs, whatever you can do after the face-off going after. But I think they – I I wouldn't see Muzzin going out there not fighting. And if you do, then that's more of a respect thing. Like, hey, you did something that you deserve to have to fight for. Why aren't you doing it, right? Same thing with Zadorov and Ben the last a couple mm-hmm. days, which was a great fight. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely going to fight. It's just a question of are they going to continue it? Really quickly, though, before we wrap up the last episode, uh, Cameron, I just want to hear That's- what has your favorite story been from refing so far? Oh, this one's great. I had no idea what was going on. So this is Ross. We, uh, the f- first time I got to ref with these two beauties together, okay. uh, they were both wearing the bands. I was getting the earful from the coaches as a linesman because they oh, so you're playing monkey in the middle. Uh huh. I was like, I can't call anything. Sorry. Um, no floaties here. So there's a, there's a scrum towards the end of the game. Teams losing. There's a scrum behind the net. And, uh, which side of the ice? My uh, side. This would be, this would be no, far, far side from Brendan. <laughs> my zone though. Brendan's zone, but it was the far side. Um, cause I had to skate all the way across. I was winded by the time I got down there. Um, through the net. Yeah. So there's a scrum that happens. Punches thrown, whatever. I go in there. Me and the linesman break it up. Bring him to the penalty box. Guy's punching my arms. He's like, don't touch me. We get into it there a little bit. But we're done. And after the game, I'm like, all right, sweet. And Reese is pissed. He's in the locker room, and he is steaming. And I'm like, oh, what? I wonder. Maybe he got yelled at, and we didn't hear it. Whatever. So, asked finally, and the locker room's like, all right, Reese, what's going on? And – Next thing you know is it's just a full-on battle. Reese is like, 
if you ever big dick me like that again, I swear I will never ref. I will give up every game we ever ref together. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, so the whole story is ass decides, all right, I'm going to call the penalty, call everything. And Reese is waiting next to the score box, watching from the neutral zone, waiting next to the score box, the four-man system. Um, ass skates to the box, tells the penalties, skates directly to the coach, talks to the coach, goes back in the zone. Never talks to uh, Reese one time. And I'm like, all right, I got to see the video of this. So we got the live barn on it. It was the funniest thing because Reese is just standing there and he's waiting. He's looking right at him. Just ask, ignores him, goes to the bench. He ends up just ignoring him again. And I was like, okay, I can see why he's pissed off. But I've never seen Reese so mad in my life. And I think he's still a little bitter about it. Um, I think I think if we still bring it up, if it ever happens again, I, I can like, see it. I was standing there waiting for Ask to talk to me. Like, I, I even asked Ask a question. And he's like, nope. And just skates straight by me and goes to coach. Well, I'm not going to lie. So I'm kind of guilty of that when I'm doing a game four, man, because I like reffing by myself. Um, so if I got something, and I just I just fucking handle it. It was clear-cut penalties, too. It was like we're going 210 head contact, double yeah. minor, to like too rough, like done, easy. You went now, matching now, rough and called it the day. Exactly. I I will say, I will say, I did agree with Reese that we probably should have gotten that individual out of the game because he is an every game occurrence. And in uh, there was what they were down by four with. I thought we did get him out because there was less than two oh. left on the board. No, no not there, was like, there was like 13 minutes left. So he got his 210 or whatever. Oh, or he, got his yeah. he came back for like two more shifts because I had to follow him around the ice at the end. I just wanted to watch you skate a little bit more. No, I yeah. don't like skating that much. <laughs> Uh, Reese, I want to know, obviously, I don't know how you top that story, but what was your favorite moment so far from Reffin this year? Like, uh, and, and even any year, I mean, even last year. Uh, we talked about this on the last podcast, but it's definitely the hot lap. Oh, when you uh, got hot lapped in college? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're going to work on that. I, next time we go up, I think I'm going to hot lap you just to hot lap you at this point. Hey, I'll, I mean, I'm ready. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, boys, I think that wraps up this episode. First and foremost, or last but not least, I should say, we have to give a massive shout out to our second sponsor for this week, SIG Hockey. Uh, SIGHockey.com is your newest source for pro stock, NHL, and NCAA hockey gear. SIG Hockey is offering Team Stripes listeners 10% off their first purchase with code STRIPES10. That's STRIPES10 for 10% off your order at SIG Hockey. That's SIGHockey.com. Boys, thank you guys for coming on. We look forward to next week. As always, fans, have a great week, and thanks for listening. <laughs>